Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. So we've wrapped up a crazy marketing week. We've got uh, crop ratings coming out next week. Talk about weekend rains and possible storm damage that could revolve from that. Uh, add to it. We know what Iowa has been going through and we're starting to see some some differences from, from Monday to the end of the week and how this crop is doing. And now China has postponed their big meeting with the U.S. that was supposed to take place on Saturday. Just a few of the things we're going to be able to highlight as we talk today with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle's with Allendale Incorporated. And, and Kyle, before you and I uh, started uh, the Fontenelle Final Bell, we were talking about Iowa. And I know when I spoke with a fellow farm broadcaster earlier today, uh, he made the comment that this crop just as the days go on, it's still staying good and green, and some of them are starting to kind of relift themselves. It may not be back to what it was, but things might not be as bad as we initially thought. Well, that's right, Susan. And uh, you know, to start off, and, and I, I I know you're talking about corn, but uh, you know, the wind, the the rain definitely helped the beans out there, and the wind probably didn't do near the damage to the beans uh, as it did the corn. Now, uh, corn. It may still have a chance to come back, and like any other any other storm, you initially see it. It looks ugly. I know there's some guys that it looks really ugly yet, but there's some areas where mm, it's coming back, and it may uh, it may play a role uh, in the fall basis here uh, coming up here. You know, later on here this fall when the combines hit the field, if this crop isn't near as bad, what I'm more concerned about is the fall basis here that could happen that 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 could be uh, widening out here as we get closer to harvest and. Some of that corn, if these guys' grain bins blew away and the, and the local co-op bins blew away, that corn's still going to get harvested, and it's still going to come to town, but what's the basis going to be? Well, you talk about that, and that's kind of like the big crystal ball question as to what we could see for this market, especially when we're talking some big numbers across the country. That's right. That's right. You know, for the week here, you know, corn ended December corn of 17 and a quarter cents for the week after a bearish report. It's like when that report came out, the algos, the computers, the fight, you know, they looked at each other and said, uh-oh, nobody's selling it. Maybe we ought to start covering some shorts here. And I think that's some of the reaction you got here until we sift through and we figure out really what this damage really, really does total up to be here. And we won't know that later on, you know, until later on this fall. So technically speaking, you know, corn traded an inside day today on the chart here for Friday. We ended the week and, and we didn't quite get to the gap that everybody's looking at. But, you know, this may be that opportunity right now. Uh, for guys to make some catch-up sales, especially if they do have a crop, make some catch-up sales, you know, get a few more sales on the books and things like that, or, or look at some protection of the downside. I mean, I realize we're not that far off the contract lows, but history tells us we can get a little bit of a bounce here late summer, early fall, and then we can go on and make new contract lows before the combines hit the field. So let's look at next week's report. We do know that the Pro Farmer Crop Tour will be taking place. Even though it's got a virtual feel, I think a big benefit, as we talked about yesterday during the Fontenelle Final Bell, is more folks mm-hmm. will be able to watch um, when they hold those virtual meetings every night. But how much more pressure could this next week's reports kind of lay in on the markets? You know, it's it's really tough to say, but I do like the fact that it's virtual this year and, and, and that those, uh, those findings are going to get released, you know, uh, and I think they're going to hit a bigger audience. And I think that's going to be good for their tour as well if, if they can, uh, you know, get that to a bigger audience instead of, uh, you know, meeting in one place. You know, they can be broadcast or whatever. And I think that's that's a good thing so people can really find out what's out there uh, in the field. Weekend rains, we know that they're supposed to start hitting through the weekend. Is that going to have any uh, playing factor come Sunday night's markets? 
that could that could potentially uh, have a driver here, especially for the beans here. If we get some nice widespread rains over the weekend, that uh, that could help finish off our bean crop here in August. What else are we seeing uh, from a, from a grain complex that you want to kind of keep an eye on and remind folks to be looking at as we wait for those combines to start rolling? Well, uh, you know we we did uh, we did trade inside days here, so you know Sunday night, Monday morning, that could be a leader, you know, a, a mover. And moving forward, it could it could change the direction for the market here, you know, as far as momentum goes. So it means we've we've touched that 200-day moving average. We touched it back here in July. We touched it here again uh, yesterday on this rally, and yet we could not break through it. So that is some pretty hard resistance here in, on this bean chart. The Real, I know that there was uh, talk early on the Friday trade about the the Real having some tighter ranges. How is that going to affect compared to the U.S. dollar and our export potentials? You know, it, it, uh, those currencies are going to be looked at back and forth as to say, okay, which, who are we going to go buy beans from here now? You know, who's got the, who's got the cheaper, who's got the cheaper dollar? Where's the most bang for our buck? So, you know, we could see some of that moving back and forth here. Are we going to see a continued pickup in these Chinese buy-ins like we saw again on a Friday? You know that's a that's a very good question. Um, they've so far they've held uh, they've held true to their word here and they've been buying stuff from us. But with these meetings postponed, I mean I'm not sure how uh, not sure how things are going to go. Uh, you know moving throughout uh, throughout the weekend here. You know what, as far as good news bad news, I'm not quite sure which way that's going to go. I mean uh, you know they they canceled their their meeting here this weekend, but. You know, such as such has been the case here when it comes to meeting with us and them. Well, they definitely have the appetite right now for both U.S. beans and corn. That is correct. That is correct. Now, um, our beans will be uh, our beans will be fresh in the pipeline here, and uh, they they'll likely be uh, you know taking them. But uh, we've made the sales. Now we've got to make the shipments. That's the question. Do the shipments get made? We've made the sales. They've come out on the morning reports. Do the actual shipments take place? And I know there's been some some talk and some worries about how COVID might be affecting. Uh, the the receiving side is what I'm trying to say into China. Should these shipments go out? That is possible. I mean, that's that's not leaving anytime soon. The way it appears. I mean, you know, we we found uh, earlier this week that there were some uh, COVID nineteen found uh, in a shipment of chicken wings from Brazil to China. So it is there. It it, it is a possibility. Anything can happen when it comes to that. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more to look at as we wrap up a trading week and look toward what will be happening early next week. Livestock happenings, a lot more is yet to come up. It is the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We'll continue our conversation with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle with Allendale Incorporated. Lots to look at on this livestock perspective. And I tell you, Kyle, it's always good when I can talk livestock and talk some positives that are happening within this trade. Yep, that's right, Susan. You know, for the week, October live cattle up 377 for the week. October lean hogs, they're up 205 for the week. August hogs, they expire today at noon. And uh, the September feeder cattle up a dollar forty-five for the week, and we've got a lot of feeders hitting the market here. It's it's getting into that fall run time frame. Guys got the trucks ready to go, and the yards are getting cleaned up, and it's it's time to be uh, filling those yards again. Was it good? I mean, what are your thoughts on the way this cash seemed to trade? I mean, we saw some early numbers on Tuesday coming out of the south, yep. and and the north slowly ramped up as the week went on. Yep, that's right. That's right. You know, last last week, um, this week's cash trade kind of kind of keys off what last week's futures did. Last week's futures were kind of building in a little bit higher cash trade, and I think that's how we went home this week with this week's futures trade. 
finishing up anticipating higher cash trade next week. We had 168 to 169 on address basis, 106 to 107 live traded. You know, the commercial spread showed a lot of interest here with them buying the August, selling the October, buying the October, selling the December. Those spreads are, are telling us that, uh, you know, there's a lot of commercial interest here. The deferreds, as we look at the charts, what are your thoughts on how they're going? You know, on, the, on the deferred live cattle, I can definitely see that there is some hedge pressure coming in here. And with some of these cattle that are getting placed right now, they do work. So I, I can see some hedge pressure out there. And it's, it's probably not a bad idea to uh, manage some risk for some of those cattle that are getting placed. Are we seeing some retracements maybe going back and just kind of reaction and pulling back a little bit when it comes to the feeder cattle side of the market, though? Yeah, the feeder cattle, feeders have interesting seasonals coming up here. You know, the, the cash can work higher and the board can, uh, can always work lower the way it seems like when, uh, when these feeder cattle do really come to town. Uh, there's a lot of interest here, but there's also a lot of feeders. So, you know, you've got, you've got high, uh, what, what do I want to say? You, you've got a lot coming to town, but you've also got high demand as well. And, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean the features are going to rally on it, but, uh, the feeders are definitely taking a breather. And you can definitely see that when you look at the crush. You know, when you look at some of those crush spreads, it looks like this, uh, some of these, uh, reverse crushes could really start to kick in. The forward crushes kind of topped out maybe, and the reverse might start to kick in. It is hard to believe because when you mentioned during the commercial break about cattle on feed coming out, um, next Friday, it's hard to believe it's that time once again. Any early predictions, yeah. thoughts going on for that? Well, you know, a lot of it's been getting talked about in the trade that our July placements, uh, you know, the, the number of cattle placed in July was actually a little bit higher. So some are looking for a higher, uh, higher placement number here the, uh, the month of July. So that's going to be definitely a column, uh, definitely a column going to be watched here on, on next Friday's report. So that's definitely something I'm going to be uh, looking at. But not only that, but the weight breakdown of the placements, I want to see what, uh, what, what the weight, what, what, excuse me, what weight range was placed and uh, how many that's going to help kind of give us a, uh, a look into those spring uh, live cattle months and, and uh, see, you know, where we're going to be sitting at as far as output. Did the hogs have any time to react to this meeting with China being canceled? Because I know there was some, some anticipation for some positives. Well, the hogs had a really good week. October lean hogs up 205. You know, August is off the board now, so October is tied to the index at the hip. So looking at those deferred contracts, the December and the February, technically those charts look really good. Um, but I am using this as a, as an opportunity to get out there to producers. This could be a time to be managing some risk as well on a rally. And uh, also out there next summer, some of those lean hog contracts out there are looking really attractive. But some of those pigs aren't born yet so we've got to be you know a little bit hesitant you know if we don't have the if we don't have the pigs yet in the barn maybe it's time to just be cooling it but definitely keeping it on our radar as far as getting some hedge opportunities out there for next summer kyle what are some of the biggest takeaways as you look back over this last week and we look forward to next week as we've got more markets going off the board things our livestock producers really need to keep in in the front for you know things that livestock producers probably need to be looking at is probably our feed costs where are we at on those and where we at on our on our animal costs? You know, where where we at as far as buying our cash animals here? Where where does that match match up so we can get our hedges in place out there in the deferred? But the way we the way we walked away today, it does act like the futures are anticipating higher cash trade for the uh, live cattle here next week, and it wouldn't surprise me uh, if we do. But uh, keep in mind, meat procurement kind of peaks here uh, in the next week or two for that Labor Day time frame. So that could have a little bit of an effect on us here in the next couple of weeks as far as, uh, you know, what kind of meat sheets are getting, you know, what, what kind of meat orders are getting filled out there and things like that. 
uh, as far as what's going to keep the commercial interest here in the live cattle. Is there any anticipation, though, of some, some pickup in that meat consumption? Because colleges are coming back, um, schools are coming back into session. Well, you really put the spotlight on me here with that, uh, with that, with schools coming back. And I mean, I was, I'm always kind of anticipating a little bit more, uh, interest here, you know, as far as the, as far as the school lunch program and things like that. And but what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at the office here at 308 708 7340. All right. That is the Fontenelle final bell. Just a reminder. That commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at our website, ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.